0: Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gallery Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode.
1: Good day everyone. Welcome to 2023 Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast series. We have a special guest today, Jessica Valerogel, who's a senior technical writer at Zapier. Welcome, Jessica, and have a lovely, lovely year ahead. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me today. Great, great. So, Jessica, please help us understand a little bit more about yourself. How did you get into this uh, writing space? And uh, then we'll start with more of your achievements, please. Yeah, no, sure. So, I feel like This is
0: said by other technical writers, but I very much fell into technical writing. I didn't know it was a career option until I joined Zapier. So a little bit about my education and background, because I always find it interesting to hear from others. But um, at college, uh, I studied graphic design So that, because I'm based in the UK. It's between 60 and 18. And then I wasn't sure about going to university. So I decided to hit the real world and get a job. So I worked in HR for several years and then pivoted to... Uh, becoming a game moderator, and then I worked in SEO, social media for a bit, and then kind of pivoting back around to support where I joined Zapier, and that's kind of where I started to get my exposure to kind of documentation and what a career could look like as a technical writer. So at first, it was kind of, I was focused more obviously like working in support, and then um, in my project time, I would help write articles for the help center, and then eventually my role kind of transitioned to like a hybrid between half support. Half docs, and then kind of transition to eventually becoming the first technical writer at Zapier.
1: Fantastic. So, how long have you been with Zapier? In February, it'll be six years. So, it's flown by. <laughs> wow, fantastic. Great, great to hear uh, somebody staying in a position for such a long time because this is something that's not happening very often. In the reason recent- to Years right, yeah, definitely, yeah, it's definitely, breath. <laughs> great, right, great, right. and def- definitely interesting to see the different um, professions you have moved within the same company. So I'm sure you will have knowledge in many areas. So just tell us a little bit about your documentation process uh, specifically at Zapier, and who or which teams does it normally involve. Yeah, sure. So we've actually recently transitioned
0: to having our technical writers embed across different areas of the product. So previously, we heavily relied on our relationships with the different product teams. And um, as I work for Zapier, that is an automation company. We had a bunch of Zaps, So that's our automations to kind of notify us of any internal communications of what are potential things coming down the pipeline. But with this shift to having uh, us technical writers embed across different areas of the product, it makes us much more aware of changes coming down the pipeline much sooner because we're a part of the development, um, the product development cycle. Um, So that's kind of like our areas to kind of make sure we can uh, ensure there's documentation internally and externally for our customers. So, internally, for our support team, because they'll be managing the product. And then um, another kind of aspect of our documentation process is for our internal knowledge, uh, for our support knowledge base, we lean on the methodology of KCS, so that stands for knowledge-centered service for those of you who don't know. So that allows anyone in the company to um, edit and create articles. It kind of goes through a pipeline where any suggestions for changes, it then kind of pings us in the team, and then one of us will review it for publishing. Um, but we also have another process where If someone, you know, doesn't feel comfortable kind of necessary kind of editing the articles there and then we have a form that people can send to us. So if they have like a clear brief of like, we need X, Y and Z kind of to improve our documentation or they want to take a stab at actually writing a draft of the article, um, they can do so. And then we meet as a team um, every Monday to kind of work through those um, uh, requests to kind of triage those out with the rest of the team.
1: Great. So how big is your team, Jess? Um,
0: It's quite small, I think. Well, we're not, I used to be a lone writer, but um, there's four of us, so including myself. So there's three technical writers in total and then um, my manager, so there's four of us.
1: Fantastic. That's another great news to hear. One being the first person and then Multiplying the team by four. Absolutely fantastic to hear. Now, this is something that I've not heard a lot, but I'm very curious to understand from you. What is document development lifecycle? I know SDLC, software development lifecycle, but what is this document development lifecycle? Yeah, so um I feel like we definitely um have taken
0: inspiration from GitLab um from kind of their process, uh, because they um have all of their documentation publicly accessible. But essentially, um, we want to be kind of more involved in the different product phases. So um, we have like the different phases of kind of it comes like discovery, shaping, and delivery. So kind of at the discovery, we're kind of informed that something's coming down the line. But when something's like shaping and delivery, that's where we're kind of contributing a bit more. So um, that's when we kind of understand a bit more, kind of like what the documentation requests will kind of form and look like, and we'll kind of collaborate a little bit more uh, with the different product teams. We can help kind of give feedback, um, especially when it comes to like naming certain elements um, or trying to clarify what they're trying to do and how we would write that and how that might be confusing based on a certain way. So it's just an opportunity for us to kind of collaborate a little bit more versus kind of hearing about
1: it, something that they're launching and that's been launched like next week sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So. So it's a bit more structuring your approach towards documentation, correct? Yeah. So how was it different to documentation process? Um, I think before we used to heavily
0: rely on um, someone just saying like, "Hey, this needs to be like updated," and uh, and we weren't necessarily a part of the process. And then from there, we had to kind of figure out how best to kind of. Translate that in a way that would make sense to the customer. But now, kind of being a part of the process, we're able to kind of share our insights to be like, oh, okay, so like when I'm writing this, this kind of is like a little bit confusing. And how can we like better improve like the, the product to kind of make that more con- uh, concise and experience for the user.
1: All right, so I think both these together gives you a little bit more control and structure to what you're doing and the general output. Am I correct?
0: yeah definitely
1: great so by the sounds of it i understand you've got a much more matured process and very well structured approach to your documentation now when it comes to the success of your content or whether your documentation is working as it is supposed to be working what are the metrics you normally consider while creating such documents. We
0: collect a lot of different data. So um, users and sessions, um, but then we also kind of track kind of how readers are coming in and out, kind of understand like their kind of journey into like finding the information in the first place. But also we kind of look at um, searches with like no results. So if someone is searching for a piece of information, if there's nothing kind of pulled up there, that's also an indication like is something missing or is maybe the article itself not written in the way that the customer would expect. Um, but also kind of tracking, you know, how many tickets are created after a customer kind of reads a help article and then reaches out for help. Because um, that's kind of also an indication that potentially something was missing there. And that's why they want to kind of reach out to someone because it wasn't kind of doing what it needed for them. Um, so I wouldn't say like I have like you have like a clear cut way because it kind of diff- differs depending on the type of article. I'll give you an example. So. Um, Take the example of like bounce rates, for example, if there's an article which is kind of short formed, you can expect that there will be a higher bounce rate on it because, you know, the answer will be quicker for someone to find there and then. Whereas something that's like a longer tutorial, you could expect that the bounce rate will be much lower because they'll spend more time on the page. So um, I think it kind of varies like depending on the area. So it's best to kind of segment down what success looks like. Um, But I think the goal for us really is we really want to make sure that we're providing information for our customers where they need it and trying to look at all these different uh, uh, variables and kind of figuring out kind of like, okay, so this is kind of trend that we're seeing here. How can we better improve that? So there isn't kind of like one clear cut. So it's kind of just (laughs) depends on kind of what the peaks and trends that you're seeing.
1: That's very true, very true, uh, Jessica, and especially since you're coming from a support background as well. uh, You might put yourself as a customer and say, Okay, is this really making sense to me? And uh, is this how the customer is going to read my content? Right? Yeah. Great. So just relating to the same question. I just also want to understand what is that one thing you think will make a great documentation? Um, really the goal is that we want
0: customers to be able to self-serve and find the answers that they want. We will be able to provide the information to them at the right time where they need it. So for us, like reducing those like redundancies in questions or for that customers often have for like our support teams or our success teams is really the goal because then that also uh frees up time for the support success team to help customers with maybe more nuanced needs so if we can provide the fundamentals of what the product does then that leaves room for more of those kind of creative kind of nuanced needs that they might have that like support and uh success can have more time to kind of help uh the customers with
1: brilliant now i'm guessing your documentation or your site is public yes great so then According to you, what is the best solution for writing these contents, or what is your best knowledge-based solution tool? You can say from your experience what you, if you have used anything in the past, or what you currently using. Oh, that is a tough one. When
0: it comes to tooling, I feel like we've had like different variations of tools over the years, and I, and I think it it depends. I guess like where you are, what your use case is, um, and. Uh, yeah like because there's so many kind of different variations of tools out there I guess like if you are kind of in that space where documentation like maybe there isn't you you need to have that kind of crowdsource you need lots of people to contribute you you'd then want a tool which would allow um, a lot of individuals on there but maybe you'd want like more granularity and like the permission levels so potentially maybe you want people to create and edit but maybe you still want that level of like approval level so you probably want a tool which would have that level of uh customer there um versus maybe you have a whole team that's kind of dedicated to it and you don't necessarily have that contribution that like you probably won't need kind of like that necessarily granularity level you just have like you, your main kind of authors and publishers there um so that is a tough one I, i've seen like pros and cons to both um, mm-hmm. but i think personally i kind of like when there is that level of granularity to permission so I, it's really great when you can have others contribute, but I still think it's important to have that level of like, um, uh, approval level to kind of just double check things before they are sent out quite often whilst, you know, everyone has like good intentions to contribute. If you're not kind of like in documentation and know that like every single page and know what is out there. Um, I have seen in the past where like, when everyone could just add everything in. That Not everyone's thinking about every single page. They might be just thinking about like, I need to create a new dog on this, but they don't necessarily think about, do we have something about this already? Do we need to take that down? Do we leave that up? They might just think about, I just want to publish this one thing. Um, so the tool that I, tools that I find are uh, more beneficial, the ones that you can help customize, uh, having as many people kind of contribute at, at different levels, which suits like their, their needs. Um, but yeah, just having the ability to everyone kind of to contribute, um but also just the ability to kind of help automate part of the process as well is always useful
1: mm-hmm. fantastic so I think with that we are kind of coming to the general question session and let's finish off with a couple of rapid fire round questions okay great so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career I can't put
0: it down to one single person so like when I started I was a lone writer and I very much leaned on the write the docs community so um, they're an amazing slack community um, and they also have a great conference as well so if you can attend virtually or in person please do it's uh, honestly it was a very uh, great experience when I got to attend in person and virtually Um, but I've definitely felt like I leaned on that community, but also I had to figure out things the hard way without having like a specific mentor. Um, But yeah, definitely Write the Dogs community.
1: So thank you once again to this lovely community for all your contributions. And I'm sure you are a, a reader of everything that you can find when it comes to documentation. So please share a couple of resources that you have come across recently and that's helped you massively. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would
0: say there's a a blog post, Uh, website I love to follow which is like I'd rather be writing which is written by Tom Johnson which I believe has already been on the show Um, he talks about technical communication processes and trends Um, and I recently enjoyed their post on chat PGT just on how you know automation uh, can affect writing or like uh, writing skills Um, so I highly recommend checking out because it's very interesting especially with all this talk on AI and um, another book I know a book that I would recommend is one, uh, every page is one page by Mark uh, Baker. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a good one, especially to kind of talk about how, uh, you know, how people kind of uh, find information in the first place. And I think it just adds like a different dimension to help you write to figure out, well, this is how someone looks for information in the first place. So that's a really interesting one to pick up.
1: Fantastic. So that's quite a lot to (laughs) <laughs> <Reference, no? laughs> I can share the information <laughs> <laughs> thank you my last question to you today is what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self oh it's hard
0: to put one I have two so that's okay um so my first one would be to uh just ask questions and be intimidated that you are an expert on every topic I know that very early on in my career, I had such a high expectation for myself that I would work so much quicker if I was an expert on everything. And realistically, that's not possible. In my experience, you are constantly context switching with what you're writing. And I think if anything, it's more important to have like a desire to continuously learn. And I actually find that it helps the fact that you are having to learn, you have that empathy with customers, and it helps you shape your writing. Um, And then my last uh, kind of advice would be kind of focus on progress over perfection. So kind of letting go that not every single piece of documentation will be perfect. And this is something I definitely picked up from learning uh, KCS is that knowledge is information that we act upon and it's never hundred percent accurate. So kind of letting go of the fact that not every single
1: page will be like a hundred percent perfect, but that is normal and that is okay. Absolutely. Again, two brilliant advices from an experienced technical writer like yourself does does that mean a lot to all of us anything that i must to ask you today just before i say or we say goodbye to the audiences Uh, no i don't think so (laughs) great so once again thank you for being my guest in this podcast series and all the best for 2023 and whatever project and adventure you're going to be involved we wish you all the very best and have a lovely day jessica Thank you so much. Have a good one.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.